Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Let's Capture Story the Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Aya, and we are all about capturing, capturing your story and bringing it to life. And using the magic of visual storytelling has been the primary medium that we use to be able to help our clients and as well as our fellow creatives help build audiences that span a lifetime, as well as leave a lasting impact on the people that they serve. And so today's episode, I'm really excited because this is actually a masterclass that I have decided to convert over to audio form because I felt that it was a better way to help people get the information without being zoomed out and like tied and tethered to your laptop. I know that we're all uh, pretty kind of tired at this point, I think, on having um, every aspect of our humanness attached to an electronic device. So I'm doing my part to help uh, make your life easier and better and to help just bring this valuable training in a more digestible manner. And so I will click over to the actual training. Again, it'll be an audio form in this medium. You can tune in as well to the visual if you prefer to look at slides. I did put a lot of love into the slides, but if that's not really your thing, hey, this is why I made this for you. So I look forward to hearing from you again. Um, if you'd like to get in touch and you'd like to know more information, you'll be able to do so. You can always email us at aloha at laymancreativegroup.com as well as visit us on the interwebs at laymancreativegroup.com. And thanks so much for being here and enjoy the masterclass. Okay, so... Hello and welcome. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm really excited about this. Um, it's really been really fun putting this presentation together. I've really been wanting to talk more about storytelling. Um, I get a ton of questions about it and I know there's not really one clear cut answer as to, I guess, the best way to go about utilizing it or how it could be beneficial for your business or even what it really is, you know, even as that, you know, foundational, like what is visual storytelling? So I'm really excited to talk about um, this topic today. So the title of my presentation is The Magic of Visual Storytelling. And we're going to be discussing how to design visual storytelling content that stands out and sells more with connections that count. going to be toggling a little bit here. Um, so before we get started into everything, um, do you feel when you think about the visual story that you are currently sharing online, uh, via social media, emails, blogs, wherever you're showing up, um, ask yourself this question. Do you feel your visual story is more of an elevator or more of a hurdle? And when I say that, an elevator is, do you feel it's more effortless and uplifting and it's easy? Or does it feel like it's very cumbersome and tiring and you feel like you're always trying to just get over the next object that just seems to be in the way? Take a couple moments here and think about that and write that down. So, if you're feeling like it's a hurdle, you're in the right place. Um, 
the thing of it is a lot of that comes with just not understanding how to show up in a visually impactful way. So it feels like what you're currently sharing, there's some sort of disconnect. And so I want to be able to dive in deeper um, into that and get over those hurdles and those roadblocks. And that's basically kind of what we'll be diving into today. So my promise to you uh, is that you will walk away with your true story purpose, a visual storytelling strategy infused with you and your brand's creative energy and light, and an organic engagement strategy that puts you and puts you front and center of your ideal audience. My pro those are my three promises today. Um, as long as I can talk fast enough and get through the slides. So a bit about me, if we haven't met yet, aloha, my name is Aya. Um, I am a mama, I'm a plant mommy, I'm a little person, my little daughter, she's actually an artist. Um, so I work a lot with her in that and developing her artistry. Um, I'm an author, I am a creative and I am a passionate educator. Um, a little bit more of like the feel good stuff is I adore rainy, mo rainy mornings. Um, I like hiking, I love being outdoors and being in nature. And I love grounding at the beach. And if you don't know what that is, it just basically means you actually take your flip-flops off your feet and you embrace walking in the sand. And it just provides me with just like nice, just good energy and I'm connecting with the earth. I'm, I, I guess you could be considered a tree hugger in a sense. Um, I have a big belief though, that our time is always now. And there really is no need to wait for anything to just happen or to come our way. And if you are, you know, pursuing a business endeavor, because of course you're here today, um, you are looking to make something happen. And so that's what I'm most passionate about is not letting things happen, but actually making things happen. So, uh, I just wanted to take a moment here and talk about um, a little bit more about story. So why do you share your story? Let's take a moment here and think about that. And um, a little bit deeper into it would be, what is most important to you? So, I know like having a business, being a business owner, you know, we've been told things like, you know, you got to show up, you know, you got to be on social, um, you got to have a website, you got to have a blog, you got to be on LinkedIn, you got to be going to networking events, like all the stuff that you're told as a business owner uh, that you need to or should be doing um, every day, sometimes up to three times a day. I've heard people say you need to be posting on social three times a day, whatever, uh, information or strategy that you have been um, adopted or has been shared with you, um, it can be really overwhelming. And so the biggest thing with it is in terms of like visual storytelling is I don't want this to be something that continues to be a hurdle or that continues to feel heavy and you just cumbersome. So I really want you to get intentional about why do you share your story? So is it because you know you want to generate leads is it because you want to book speaking engagements um you want to gain visibility uh or sales um 
And I kind of, even when someone says like a client, like I'm, I'll meet with sometimes, oftentimes when we go over this exercise, they'll say, well, I want to increase my sales. I'm going to get more sales. And if you're a service-based provider, it's actually not really the goal or the intention of why you're sharing your story because you really don't want sales. You do, but it's actually a step that's kind of missing in that aspect. If you're a product-based business, it kind of makes a little bit more sense because it's a little bit easier to go from like a post to maybe a website click to a sale. But actually, if you are a service provider, the real the real um, goal should be a conversion. And a conversion is simply just taking that person from one place to your desired place that you want them to go, right? So that could be a blog post. It could be um, subscribing to my YouTube channel. It could be um, clicking and signing up for a new course offering that I'm, you know, I'm working on. So those things like that um is kind of should be the driving determination as to why you're actually sharing your story and what's really important to you so the next thing is who is your target audience and who is your ideal client now on the surface level i know it seems like okay i that's one of the same like they're they, you know that doesn't make any sense but I will tell you that it is different. Um, and it's important to know all this because it goes into the building of your, your visual story assets. So your target audience is actually the people that are kind of like in your bigger circle. So there are people that could be your peers or people that could um, just know and like you and trust you from previous experiences with you, be it what you're, what you're currently doing now, or if they work with you on other things in the past, it could have been previous coworkers, it could be friends, loved ones, relatives. Um, it could be even people that are in your professional circle. Um, people that don't would not necessarily purchase from you or sign up for something that you're offering, but they can also further echo your message because of course we all know organically sharing only gets us so far, right? So you need people out there that can reshare your story, that will reshare a post, that will take a screenshot and send it in text message to somebody that they know, um, which I call, or what's known as, um, I guess like hidden secret sharing. It's like the stuff that the social media feeds don't pick up on. Um, so it's stuff like that. So that's your target audience is somebody that sees value in you and they can recognize that and they are in position to share and get you um, out there furthermore in front of people that actually would want to do business with you. Now your ideal client is actually inside of your target audience. Um, your ideal client is actually more specific and how um, the problems that they're looking to be solved and how you help them. So I'll give you a good example. Um, say you have an offer that you teach e-commerce shops um, and so you have some sort of digital product or service that you offer them that would be your target audience so e-commerce shops would e-commerce shop owners would be your target audience now your ideal client would be an etsy shop owner who has made her first 100 sales and she's hit a plateau and now she's looking for other ways to increase her visibility beyond the traditional marketing channels or what the Etsy platform provides her. Does that make sense? You see how specific that is, like broad and then extremely understanding where that person's at? That's a difference. So 
If you haven't already, take a moment to write down who is your target audience and then who is your ideal client. I'll give you a few minutes. So the next step here is, are you on the right platform? And there's a ton of, there's tons of them out there. I obviously don't have all of them here. Um, I'm not gonna go too, too deep, deep here because for one, each segment here could just be a whole presentation in and of itself. So I'm not gonna go too deep. Um, but I do wanna give you at least a high level overview of what is most important to these platforms because it directly affects you with how you're able to show up. So Facebook, their big thing is to drive conversations. It's pretty much it. So for the most part, like I think on Facebook now it says like, do you have something to say or what do you want to say today or something like that? It's more about driving conversations. Um, Pinterest, on the other hand, is more about aspirational content. They just want, it's something that you look up to that it's like, I love that. And I totally want to create that in my life. So it's like aspirational, like something that you're looking up to, that you're hoping to rise to the occasion. Um, I'll drop a pin there because briefly, Pinterest and Instagram get confused. So I kind of just want to have some clarity here. Instagram is actually inspirational. Inspirational is really like, um, like someone's inspired by something. So they're more like, engaged and like they want to have that content like keeping you like focused because it's something inspiring you and you're kind of keeping the keeping that flow going whereas I look at aspirational as like it's something that you're looking at something and you're looking at what that could be outside of what you're currently viewing whatever that is so an example would be like um Pinterest is big on taking whatever the content that you currently are interacting with and going out in the world and recreating that and experiencing that. So their thing is, they actually have the polar opposite effect of Instagram, whereas Instagram really wants to keep you on there. They're like I said, keeping you inspired. They want you like feeding into it, constantly scrolling, constantly sharing, constantly trying to discover and figure out who's doing what, who's who's where, how, why type thing, because you're inspired by it and they want you to follow, like, comment and keep engaged. Whereas Pinterest, what their aspirational objective is, they actually want you to go do whatever it is, but go do it in real life. So they're different in the fact that they want you to leave their platform, which is very different. Most social media platforms do not want you to leave. They want you to stay. Pinterest actually wants you to go leave and go experience that um, beautiful meal that you pinned. They want you to go take that vacation, that dream vacation on your dream board. They want you to go find those beautiful um, antique pieces and redo your bedroom. So it's a little bit different. Um, Twitter is about participating in trending conversations. That's really the best way to, to do Twitter. Um, you want to tweet a lot and you really want to pay attention to like the trending topics and the trending hashtags and insert yourself into those conversations. YouTube, which is my favorite, um, is typically about education or entertainment. You typically go there to learn something or to like watch a funny video or to just watch you know, like your favorite, you know, uh, makeup guru or hair guru or what have you. LinkedIn is about establishing leadership and networking. So if you know you're more in, like in the thought leader space or you're looking to get more speaking engagement, so LinkedIn would be really good for you to show up there.
Now that was brief, but again, I don't want to go too deep, but at least wanted to touch on the big major um, platforms out there. So having all that in mind, uh, write down whether or not you feel, are you on the right platform for your audience? So keeping that in mind in terms of the objectives of the platforms and what you're currently doing in terms of your current uh, content is that in alignment with where your target audience is hanging out and what works best in an organic way? Okay, so I want to do a quick exercise here, um, and I have named this the Visual Story Sensory System. And it's just a process that you, and I want you to do this right here live on the call with me. I'm a workshop style person. Um, so recall the story, that internal story that you really haven't shared too much about. It's just more of like an internal reflection. Maybe it's written down in your journal somewhere. Um, recall that story that set you and things in motion for the onset of your business. And so to help with that, I want you to think back to what did you see? Was it something that was in your eye line, something that, you know, came across your desk? Was it something, you know, that you saw out like on a walk? What did you hear? Was it a conversation? Did you overhear a conversation? Was somebody actually came directly and said something to you? What did you smell? Were you out at a cafe? Were you out at the beach? Were you out um, near your favorite restaurant? You know, was there something that like smell that was in the air around the time when you were thinking of your business? What did you taste? Were you in that cafe, but you actually sat down and ordered something and now that taste resonated with you that helped you propel yourself to where you are when you first started your business? What did you touch? Were you out at your favorite fabric store? Were you out shopping for a pair of shoes and you actually placed your foot in the shoe and you felt that touch of the whatever um, the textile was or the material was? Were you out shopping for like a nice piece of jewelry and you were touching, you know, the jewels? You know, what was it kind of happening to you at that moment? I might be wondering because why, why this is important. <laughs> and I'm going to take you on a journey here because this is really the audience journey. This is how people connect with you. And so I wanted to get very foundational with you and re- um, re-engaging and re-imagining what it looked like when you first started and reconnecting with your senses because that is how visual storytelling really makes its mark and that's how you're able to craft really compelling visual storytelling visual storytelling content so the audience journey really is you know it's a, it's a clear system but there's a lot to it but basically it's story visual emotion experience and these are the four pillars, these are the four big touch points that somebody who's new to you, how they warm up to you, how they gravitate towards you, how they stay with you, and essentially how they decide to take that next step and how long do they stay with you on the journey. So what is visual storytelling? 
Um, I know I've covered a lot already, but I did I do get this question asked a lot. So I kind I, I wanted to be able just to kind of dive in and touch on it um, briefly here. So visual storytelling is known as a visual narrative, and it's a story told primarily through the use of a visual media. Uh, the story can be told using still photography, illustration, or video, and it can be enhanced with graphics, music, voice, or other audio. So what I love about it is there's so much room to grow, so much room to breathe. You can be as creative as you want. Um, you can use whatever resources you have. It's really like how they say the world is your oyster. So your visual story really is whatever you want it to be and whatever creative uh, capacity and life force that you bring to that, you have these tools here as the ability to help you get there. So why is this important? You might be asking and you know, how can this help my business and how can I reap the benefits of visual storytelling with my business? So Visual storytelling is a must for businesses today because businesses are competing with a wealth of information. I don't think anybody uh, can argue or would even disagree that people don't really need to know more stuff. We, we live in a highly, highly oversaturated information age. The issue lies in there's what's known as a poverty of attention. The attention span is actually, I mean, I heard this a couple years ago, so I'm not really sure uh, if it's accurate now. For me, it may have changed, but I believe it said it's like the average person's attention span is one second less than that of a goldfish. And that's pretty disheartening because the average uh, attention span of, of a goldfish is, I believe, three to five seconds. So if it's one second less than that of a goldfish, where does that lead you? So you may have three seconds to make a first impression. Now we've heard all that. We've heard that before, right? Where it's like, you never get a second opportunity to make a first impression. So that's pretty much kind of where we are. And visual storytelling helps with that because as mind boggling as that is, um, and as disheartening as it is for me, at least to be able to share that and just have to accept it myself, um, audiences really are overwhelmed. And I source this from LinkedIn where it says that they actually interact with at least 5 billion with the B daily pieces of content. And that's not just social, obviously. I don't really think anybody's looking at 5 billion pieces of content just on Instagram, like who has 5 billion followers or, you know, but just collectively with the world, you're, I don't wanna say it like this, but you're competing with the world. When that person wakes up in the morning, everything that is within that person's environment is detracting and looking in mind to get their attention. And then you and your business is looking for a meaningful way to insert yourself into those already existing conversations. And that's where that's really where the magic of, of visual storytelling really comes in um, because of just, you know, the stats of where we are in the world. So the question goes into, are you adding to that noise or are you cutting through? And the only real way to cut through is to make an impact, to leave a lasting impact, and to resonate, to connect, to communicate, to care, 
I dare I say, caring is in short supply, as Seth Godin said. Um, I, I subscribed to his emails and I remember he spoke about caring and the importance of it. And how do you know someone cares? Do you, there's even a saying that says, people don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's how important it is to be able to have all of that infused into your messaging and be able to be relayed in a visual way. Because again, it goes back to, are you adding to the noise or are you cutting through? One of my favorite quotes here, um, as you can tell, I'm a big quotes person, but I felt it was really important. Um, Ernest Hemingway says that you have to show your readers everything and tell them nothing. And so that's really the core essence of visual storytelling is getting better at showing your story and not telling because we want to show some people, we want to show them because it's kind of like the saying goes, you can show people better, you can tell them. Like people get, you know, talk their ears off. You can have them want to read everything. But when you show something in an impactful way, you really get to the hardcore of their emotions. You touch their heart. You leave that lasting impact is where the magic happens. So I'm going to dive into a couple secrets. Um, so visual storytelling secret number one, uh, it's really important, especially if you are a product or service-based um, and you really use a lot of your reviews, your testimonials, or you highly depend on your content being shareable. You really care about shareability. I'm not going to say vi virility or viability. I don't believe in that. I think that's just um, vanity metrics and that's stuff that people get caught up in. Um, you can't control it and there's really no way to measure it. And what do you really get when something goes viral anyway, um, unless you're being, you know, whatever marketing like gimmicks and whatnot. Um, but if you do rely on your content to be shared and sharing connections, um, the key thing is you have to incorporate a need fulfillment into a perception, which is the identity or the alignment of that individual. And when you do that, price is irrelevant. So an example of that would be say an up and coming beauty guru um, has started her YouTube channel. She will gladly pay for designer makeup or name brand makeup or luxury line makeup if she feels that makeup that she's featuring in her videos will afford her more benefits in addition to the actual need of the makeup. So she wakes up and she may have dark circles under her eyes. But the reason why she's going to choose the Giorgio Armani concealer versus the CoverGirl drugstore concealer is because the perception of the luxury brand of a Giorgio, Arma Giorgio Armani uh, standpoint in the marketplace. Giorgio Armani is akin to luxury, affluence, grace, poise, class elegance, you know, wealth. And if she's looking to portray that imagery and her messaging and her brand, and she's looking to attract those type of clients to sponsor her for her future videos, she's looking to position herself that is in alignment with that type of message. Does that make sense? Okay. So the thing here is you're going to increase either that societal or even psychological benefits. So I spoke about it briefly. So society, obviously, and of course, this is subjective. I'm definitely not telling anybody because you purchase drugstore, you're any less than somebody who's purchasing luxury lines. Um, I firmly, for one, believe in just natural makeup. I don't really wear too much, you know, special occasions here and there, but I just believe in nice, 
clean, organic skincare that just has my skin looking nice and healthy. Um, and I care about the environment. So those are type of things that I care about. So let's even a, a second example here. I care about what I put on my face because I am plant-based. I care about the environment. So I care about whether or not this product is tested on animals. So I will pay a premium for that type of makeup. Well, that's another example like that. So there's a societal aspect and there's a psychological aspect for me that the makeup I'm purchasing beyond the need to cover up some bags, um, I care about who sourced this and what happened in this production line. And therefore I will pay a premium. And that's why the price is irrelevant. Same thing with toothpaste, same thing with premium coffee. You know, why you go to like the premium coffee shop versus making a cup of coffee at home for 10 cents. <clears throat> I'm gonna take a little water. <laughs> So this demonstrates the power of a visual medium within our creative marketplace. So secret number two is a potential client or customer needs to spend an average of seven hours with you prior to them making a decision to take the next step. Now I put buy here. It could really have been anything. It had been following you, signing up for your email list, reading a blog, opting into a lead magnet of yours, whatever the call to action will be. Someone typically needs seven hours of content and like their um, mental frame before they want to take that next step to do something that would be impactful for your business, I should say. Um, we It kind of goes back into the LinkedIn source before where they have a ton of options and ton of places that are vying for their attention. So the more mindshare you have or more real estate, I should say, you have in someone's mind, you're increasing that likelihood of them wanting to take the next step with you. Um, again, so the easiest way to connect with your clients that adds up to that seven hours of time is video. And I am, I uh, have been dubbed the video queen. Um, and so I love how video just does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. So for instance, right now I'm sitting teaching you here on this workshop, this masterclass. And so you're spending up to 30 minutes with me. So now you have just experienced 30 minutes with me. And now it has added to the seven hours that I need to spend with you before you decide if you wanna take the next step and whatever that may be. So an example of that would be, have you ever gotten up early or you stayed up late? Because sometimes I do both. Um, and you just began conducting some research. You're looking for something or something was bothering you. Or I had to get those like little flashes of creativity in the middle of my, I'm kind of weird like that. Um, so ask yourself, was it easier for you to read something about whatever you were looking for? Was it easy for you to watch something? Or was it easier for you to listen to something when you were finding that new piece of information? Got it? Okay, so there's no right or wrong answer because everybody learns differently. Um, however, once you found that answer to your question and you wanted to know more, what was the natural next step? That was most likely that you wanted to find out more information from that source and you went to go look at their other content. So you either went on their Instagram, you went on their Pinterest, you went on their other YouTube videos, you went on their blog, you went on their website, you went to go look for more information because your brain 
was already adding up to that seven hours because you were really looking for, you know, their personality to get a better sense of their voice, a, bit, a better sense of their energy. And you can only experience that when you spend more time with the person, even if it's on a visual video medium, they're not live in front of you, but you can't get to that live in person experience, say like a one-on-one -on -one coaching experience until someone can experiencing experience you in a way prior to taking that leap from you know not even knowing you to seeing a blog post to opting in and investing into your high ticket coaching program and the best way to do that is through video it's one of the, one of the best ways i should say um again i love video i can't talk enough about it but video is one of the best ways to do that Um, this demonstrates the power of a visual story connection because your visual content is doing the selling or pre-selling or warming up for you while you're able to allocate your energy towards other endeavors that you're pursuing. You're growing other avenues of your business. You're working on, you know, outsourcing, growing your team, getting better at presenting, getting better at designing and, you know, honing in your craft, whatever you're doing. Um, I will say a tip here, uh, why I am so just in love with video. Um, this is more of a psychological and even like NLP, if anyone's familiar with that, neuralistic, neuralistic programming. It's because the more you're able to activate someone's mirror neurons, the more they're going to be engaged and drawn to you. That's just a quick tip I just wanted to share. That's the power of video. So when you video message someone, you FaceTime them, you're more engaged with them than someone texting you. So I'll just give you that example there. That was a tip. I didn't plan on sharing that, but I'm going to share that with you all today. <laughs> so video number three, I'm sorry, secret number three is being on camera, and it ties into the tip I said actually, being on camera or being filmed greatly increases that emotional bond. Why? Because mirror neurons. Um, and it increases that bond between you and your audience. And that's just the way the human brain is wired. It's science. Um, and I think the people who don't fully embrace this, you just make things harder than, than they have to be. Um, again, I'm not saying that blogging is not important. I'm not saying that, you know, captions are important. I'm not saying that your podcast is not important, but do not neglect science because visual storytelling really is just a way to amplify with artistic creativity to bring science, which is just how the brain works, marry that with some beautiful creativity and, and artistry. And then you have a winning system that gets you in front of your clients that are just going to be like falling in love with you. And I cannot wait to add to cart with whatever you're doing. So an example of this would be the brands you all know and love all have one thing in common. And if you could guess what that one thing is, what would you say it would be? I kind of gave you a hint, but <laughs> their logos have faces. And again, it goes back to mirror neurons. It backs to just the way our brains work, how we attraction works, visually stimulating content. So take a look at these two brands here. These are both car insurance, health, or they, well, they sell insurance, like health, uh, not health, um, car, home, you know, renters insurance, that type of thing. Um, look at the two logos here. So like just right now, which do you actually feel more connected to? A or B? or Wawanisa or Progressive. Right, Progressive, exactly. Everybody would go with Progressive. So again, it just goes back to science um, and just how the brain works and why those brands are successful or more successful. 
Um, again, it goes back to the power of the emotional bond and how your visual content is connecting the dots within the human brain of your clients and customers on your behalf so that they are more drawn and attracted to do business with you. So let's get into a little bit of strategy here in terms of understanding how this all comes together and making it make sense to how you can walk away with something. So this is my visual storytelling framework. Um, there's three parts to it. So I want to go dive, dive deeper into your story strategy and where are you within your story journey. So the first step here is story making, the second step being storytelling, and the third step being story visualization. So story making is essentially you are still in the process of writing your story. It's still being unwritten. I mean, it's still written. There's a lot that's been unwritten. It's still unfolding. Um, and of course, there's a lot of different pathways that the avenue can go down because all of us have probably a hundred stories we could tell from like one incident. So it's not about making it just like overwhelming. You're constantly like writing something. It's just understanding that when you have decided on which direction you're going to take and you're writing that story, understand that you are in the story making process. So you're focusing more on the setting, the environment where the story took place, the conflict, whatever that was that friction or that hurdle moment, and then the resolution. And the point is step one has to be completed before you can move on. And well, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't want to go too deep. So I'll, I'll leave it at that, but you have, this is sequential. This is like absolutely nece necessary. And a lot of people get tripped up with their visual story because they think that they're going to jump from one to three or one to 10. And it doesn't work that way. You want to make it easy. You want to make it nice and seamless. You want it to flow. And that way it feels more like that elevator. You want to be uplifted. You want to be rising. You want to feel like, yeah, I'm actually getting somewhere with this. So the second step with storytelling is you're actively out there speaking in the world and wherever you are, whatever medium you're using, and you're talking about your story, you're telling it, you're sharing it. It doesn't even have to be like on an influencer level. It doesn't have to be you're always hopping on Instagram Live or you're always hopping on YouTube or Facebook. You could share it peer to peer. It could just be like you hop on a, a, um, a coaching mastermind group you just invested in. You're sharing a personal story or sharing a personal experience with your coach and you're helping them and they're helping you work through that. That's a storytelling moment. Um, if you are having a meeting with the girlfriend of yours, you're catching up, you haven't talked in a while, you're going to grab a cup of coffee and you're sharing with her what's been going on the past few months and you haven't been able to get together. That's a storytelling moment. That's the part where we're strategizing. That's the part that we're engaging. And that's the part that we're optimizing because you're getting the feedback. So when people, when you're sharing your story, people are commenting, people are giving their perspective. You may be asking for their advice. And that's where you're able to get finite with your strategy, whatever that engagement was, that exchange, and how to optimize that storytelling experience. That brings us to step three, which is story visualization. And that's where you're actively sharing your story visually. So it kind of goes like, I'm a screenwriter. And so I can't go from like first draft to hand it off to the director. And then we go 
to lock picture. Like it, that doesn't work. Like there's so much to the process of that. So we, I got to write the screenplay first. Then I have to convey that to the producers, the production company, and we got to go out and get funding. I mean, this little, obviously like film is, you know, well, it, yeah, it's related. I mean, there's so much to film, but there's a process that you go from written word to the telling of it, to the execution, the process. We got to go hire the crew and get the props and get all the, the actors and everybody in play. And then we go film it so we can share it with the audience and that's the visual part so you don't see that part until we get from point one to point three okay um i didn't want to go too too deep here because i know this i mean i could literally teach on each of these topics but i wanted to give you an overall strategy and the point that i'm saying all this is because um now that you have this story strategy as you as you have your founder and your origin emotional touch point. So when I walked you through, what did you see? What did you hear? What did you touch? What did you smell? Those are your emotional touch points of your founder origin stories of when you started your business. And that's directly related to the roadmap that your audience journey is going to be on with you and how they're going to connect with you along the way. This is how we get to your visual storytelling strategy that's infused with you and your brand creativity and your energy and your light because everything is derived from you. So when you're thinking back to the part of the time where you were out somewhere and you saw or you heard or you touched or you smelled or you tasted something, that's coming from you. And that way you can share that with your audience. And because it's all gonna be in your own voice. Um, I will say that if you're, if you're not, just to kind of piggyback here just briefly, because I want to make sure I'm clear. Um, if you find yourself in your story making phase in your business, completely fall in love and embrace that. Be okay with that. I want this to be easy for you. Again, I don't want you to feel like, but I don't, I don't have 5,000 videos up on my YouTube yet. And I don't have a bunch of followers on Instagram because I haven't, I don't know how to do reels yet. And I, everyone keeps telling me I got to do reels. Stop. Like just focus on the part that you're in and embrace it because you can't get from point one to point three. If you're going to rush your way through it, you can't share your story visually. If you haven't even fully written it yet. I wanted to make sure I dropped the pin there. I don't think I forgot to mention that. So again, your strategy is infused with your creativity, energy, and light because it is derived from you when you go back to and think about the touch points on an emotional basis using your five senses that helps you map out that audience journey. So now that we know the platforms and the desired objectives of those platforms for the best organic engagement. So when we spoke about the Facebook and their biggest objective was driving conversations and Pinterest was aspirational content to get you off of Pinterest, off of those boards and go live those boards in real life. Um, now that you know the platforms that your audience is hanging out on and what the desired objective is of those platforms that help bump you up with that organic engagement, now you have a strategy that you can put together and put that in front of your ideal audience. And even so now you know how to determine your target audience versus your ideal client. 
And now that you know that, and you know where they're hanging out and you know what those platforms favor in terms of the organic strategy or organic engagement, now you know how to get front and center. So to tie all the things up, uh, because again, I didn't want to make this too, too long because I could talk about this forever, which is so enjoyable for me, um, but I don't want to overwhelm anyone. Um, the thing is, what is measured can be managed. And I say that when I think about going back into the very beginning is why do you share your story? Um, and what is that desired outcome in doing so? Um, we spoke about, you know, social media channels. We spoke about their goals and how to engage in each platform. But when you think about this emotionally compelling visual story um, and that content that you're creating and you're thinking about the place that your target audience is hanging out and you're thinking about the systems, you want to think about all the metrics and all that stuff that kind of gets jumbled up into it. Ultimately, what exactly are you measuring here? So it goes back to what is an actual conversion and what does that mean to you? So if you're measuring when you share a social media post and it's getting whatever your engagement and whatever your objective is, now you can manage that. So when you go into your audience insights, you go into the back end of your YouTube metrics, you go into the back end of your Pinterest um, dashboard, you can look and see what content is working or I should say what content is getting you closer to where you want to be. And then that way you know how to measure it and then how you can manage it. So if your audience is liking certain things, do more of that, give them more of that. If you find yourself um, getting a lot of clicks and engagement on your blog, do more blogging and just figure out ways to optimize and make it more appealing and more aesthetically engaging. And then you, at that point, you start adding in the visual component I spoke about before. If you're still in the writing phase of your story and you're getting that down packed, now you can start piecing together the visuals and the visual part of it to um, further that conversation. So, um, that's all I had today. I was trying to not talk too fast. I hope I didn't miss <laughs> miss anything um, in terms of like how we were going over things. I know it can be a lot, it can be overwhelming. Um, and I say that because I know there is so much to this and I just, I have to remind myself to like, I, I guess kind of like curtail my excitement because I just want to like go all in. Um, but you know, I really wanted to give you a good working capital on how beneficial visual storytelling is for you all, how to use it, and to give you some good clarity on how you can start now today, understanding where you are, embracing it, and using that to get you to where you want to go. So thank you all again. I really appreciate it. Um, your time is the most valuable asset you have. I never take that lightly. Again, my name is Aya and I'm so happy that you took time out of your day to spend it here with us. And so thank you. And that concludes the masterclass training, um, talking about the magic of visual storytelling, which goes over how to design visual storytelling content that stands out and sells more with connections that count. So thank you so much again for tuning in. Um, again, if you would love to take the next step with us, be it um, just learning how to make this work for your brand, um, we do offer a couple ways to work with us. And so we invite you to schedule a 15-minute story time call via the link below 
or you can email us at aloha at laymancreativegroup.com. And of course, we can always be found on our website at laymancreativegroup.com. We look forward to connecting with you very soon.